Hello and welcome to the Stoked on Spokes podcast. 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 Wait, like SOS? Well, it's about bikes, rides, gear, races, community, and so much more. This is the Stoked on Spokes podcast. Let's get rolling. Welcome to a new episode of the Stoked on Spokes podcast. Today I'm joined by married couple and very long-term cyclist, Mark and Wendy Gilmore. How are you guys today? Good. Great, Alan. Thanks for being brave enough to have us on. So what are the benefits of being a married cycling couple? Obviously, it's great in that you know, we can align what we're doing a lot of the time you know, in our spare time. So, you know, training going to races. It's not like we're not splitting the family up. So that's really cool. We have a kind of collective interest. Yeah, we Wendy can talk a little bit about, you know, the relationship we have in terms of riding, you know, the role that I play and the role that she plays. Yeah, we have a lot of fun being together as opposed to being apart. Yeah, we've we've had a lot of fun doing it that way. Yeah, Mark's actually my coach and my mechanic. He's a really good mechanic because I I very, very seldom. In fact, I can't remember when last I've had a mechanic, whether training or racing. Yeah, I'm really thankful for that. Yeah, he's my coach, and that can be a little bit difficult because, you know, he'll tell me some things. I think it's like that with every married couple. He'll tell me things, and I'm like, yeah, 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 whatever, yeah. And then someone else tells me that, and I go, oh, that makes sense. And he says, but I've been telling you that all along. But I do listen to him. Yeah, so it is, it is nice to have that. I mean, also, it's nice to be excited about each other's results and to discuss a race on the way home. We normally do that, and, and that's also fun, and just encouraging each other and, you know, knowing exactly what he's going through and compared to just being a spectator, it's really nice. Yeah, I'd add something to that as well, and I'm sure other married couples, partners can identify with this. So just about every race we, we go to, Wendy's always very nervous uh, on the way there. So the usual coaching conversation is to calm her down, remind her of what she's done before. And then after the race, she's so full of chatting and being so happy about how she's done. And, and then, you know, then she does all the talking on the way home. So it's 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 the same old pattern, you know, but it's, it's quite funny. I'm talking because I'm so relieved the race is over sometimes. <laughs> But yeah, no, it is, it is good. Yeah. Are there any drawbacks to being a married cycling couple? Yeah, sometimes Mark's expectations of me are really, I think, a little bit too high. But sometimes he'll say something as I come past him and it might irritate me a little bit. But strangely, that like gives me like a kick, like a little, I get this extra boomer and I'm like, oh, now why does he say that? I'm, I'm doing my best. And then I actually really do well. So even that irritates me sometimes, not always. Um, I kind of get a little bit of fire in my belly and go, you know, harder. So, you know, but it, that's a good drawback, I suppose. Yeah, I think that, you know, there's the natural uh, tensions. So, you know, you've got to get ready and get up early some mornings to get to the races. And so you've got to kind of share the responsibilities of getting everything together, nutrition, bikes, kit. And so it can get a little bit tense sometimes, you know, if you're running late. And then obviously uh, with the, the kind of coaching relationship, the informal coaching relationship, I, I do get under Wendy's skin sometimes and she gets irritated with me, but often it spurs her on, as she said, to actually do better, you know. So yeah. I'm sure other couples have the same the same kind of challenges and experiences. You know, being partners is all about, right? It's it's, it's sharing the, the good times and the tense times and the highs and the lows, right? And we, so we've had a lot of fun doing that. Do you find yourselves being each other's main 
training partner or do you lean on other people also? Well, I would say for me, I think Mark is probably my main training partner because he's so much stronger. For the other way around, I know he needs more than me. He'll train with some other people, but and I do as well. Yeah, I think that's right. I mean, I, I obviously, I try and ride with, you know, with, with men around about my, my same age group. I, you know, I, I ride with some of my local group rides and with, with my team. And I think I need that extra pull and push to get to the level of competing with them. I think whenever Wendy rides with me and when Josh was around, when she rode with him, you know, she always got the benefit of drafting us. And I think that helped her, her kind of developments on the bike significantly. But I like her to ride with, with, with other women whenever she can. I, I just think it's, it's a big, I always like to see women riding bikes together. And so I encourage her to do that whenever she can. And, you know, she does a fair amount of that. So it's a, it's a bit of a blend, really. Do you guys find yourselves naturally riding more roads, bike paths when you're together? Or is there something that you naturally prefer? Well, where do you have a view on this? But I, you know, we, you know, every time you want to go ride, you know, either on gravel or uh, on a mountain bike trail or on the bike trail usually means, you know, loading everything into the car and then driving down and, and getting back again. So it always adds another bit of logistics to the exercise. So we do try and do a lot of riding out of home. We're not, we don't, we're not too far away from getting onto the country roads. So we've got about 10 minutes of kind of traffic and busy roads to negotiate. But yeah, I mean, we, we typically ride from home, but I'd say at least Maybe once every other week, we, we try and get out and do something uh, on trails or mountain bike trails, which which just, it's just nice to, to mix it up, right, and, and, and do that. Yeah, no, we mainly ride from home, but yeah, meet up with other people, either at their homes or at the bike path, or it's a, it's a blend, definitely a blend of different different things. Can you introduce yourselves? Tell me more about what you guys like to ride, how long you've been riding. Started life out in... Uh, Southern Africa, I grew up in Zimbabwe, Wendy grew up in South Africa in the Cape. And from when I was a boy, I used to ride my bike to school and so my love for riding started then. You know, I used to ride two to three miles every day to school and back. When we got married, we started kind of dabbling in some bike riding and there is a, there's a very well-known annual tour in, in Cape Town called, it's called the Cape Town Cycle Tour. Now it used to be called the Argus, which is about a hundred 10 kilometer ride around the peninsula it's the it's the biggest timed riding event in the world they get over 30,000 people participating in that so we did we did that for several years together as a, as a couple and we kind of trained ahead of it did some other races to get ourselves ready for it and then obviously we came to the states you know 20 years ago we didn't get straight back into biking it was only actually when we came down to Dayton around about the 2015 2016 time frame that we started picking it up again and, and, and started getting into racing so mm. that's kind of the the story of where we come from and how we started riding and how we transitioned into it here yeah so just to add because I'm from Cape Town and I always like to promote Cape Town as the most beautiful place in the world but I'm very biased so the, the Cape Town um, cycling tour it's, it's a peninsula into the ocean. So you, you've got mountains on the one side and the ocean and this road that winds through little towns. It's wonderful. And I hope to do it next year when I turn 60 again because I haven't done it for years. But it's really beautiful. Everyone should try and do it. But yeah, so we did do a bit of cycling like Mark said, but it was only like 2016. I remember Mark was racing on his bike. And I thought, okay, I used to watch him and I used to watch uh, Sandy who was in high school then race and I thought that that looks really interesting and then when I saw the woman racing I thought 
I used to really watch them closely and go, oh, that looks, I'm sure I could do this. I'm sure I could, you know, so I tried and I had a lot to learn about cycling, you know, drafting, which I hated in the beginning. Yeah, just there's a lot of technique people don't realize when it comes to cycling. You know, I used to just get on my bike and of course, just like Mark, I used to cycle to school because we didn't have yellow school buses to take us to school. We either walked those long miles or we cycled. So cycling has just always been in the background for both Mark and I, you know, even before we met each other. But the racing has only been yeah in Dayton, so and it's been good. What does cycling bring to your marriage? Does it make it stronger, and how? Yeah, I, I think it does, Alan. And I think obviously it's nice to have the common interests, and, and we're really quite quite invested in it. You know, we've got you know lots of bikes. You come at our house. You know, typically there are bikes in the dining room. So my wife is very accommodating there because you know we I clean my bikes just about every time. Not a full clean, but I give them a good wipe down just about every time we ride and keep them well serviced. So you know it's nice having that kind of community feeling in the home. I think the other thing is that it obviously keeps us both fit, right? So. You know, we've always been fairly athletic and try to stay in good shape. So I think it's nice to have cycling as something that you can do together that keeps you healthy and fit, but is also fun because you get you outside and you get, get you into the community and, and get, gives you some fresh air and things. So, you know, I, I wouldn't say couples should be doing everything together, right? So don't get me wrong. We don't, I think you need to have a little bit of space and do your own thing in, in certain areas, but it's always nice to have something like cycling as a common like because our weekends often center around it and it's nice that we, we do that together no it's it's terrible for marriages eh? terrible mm. no i'm kidding it's, it's good it's actually nice yeah i mean we like empty nesters and this kind of this has kind of helped as well you know having no children at home anymore that we were involved or are involved in this kind of thing yeah i think it's good i think it's great and long may it last i hope <laughs> Did any of your children inherit your love for cycling? Just our son, really, I think. Uh, yeah, well, it's interesting because we, we have a daughter as well, uh, Christy. She she actually lives in South Africa. And we um, she we moved around a bit quite a lot internationally. We went to the UK. I remember we, we had mountain bikes there. And she, she used to ride with me sometimes mm -hmm. on the mountain bike. And she used to actually enjoy it, I think, more than she admitted. So, <laughs> But she hasn't pursued that. I think she's more into hiking. And she's just about to start playing field hockey again, which is interesting, which we also used to play. But Josh, you know, Josh kind of grew up, you know, from the time he was a teenager, you know, we had bikes in the house and he was, he was racing as a teenager. He's, he's got talent and he enjoyed it when he did it. He's now, obviously he's graduated and he's got, he's working and living away from us and he's doing some cycling, but he hasn't kind of carried the passion on, but I, I have a feeling he's going to come back to it one day. So I, I keep kind of nudging him and encouraging him to do that. And our grandchildren, we've got two granddaughters in South Africa and they love cycling. And when we go back there, they've, we've already showed them how to go like off-road and in little kind of little like single track pathways, whatever. And yeah, especially the eight-year-old, she's really, she's really taken to it. So I think, I don't know what they're going to do, how yeah. many races they're going to do in their lives, but they also like cycling. So. Yeah, we got them bikes for their birthdays last year, just around about the time we went to South Africa. And Elle, the oldest, I, I took her, I gave her some kind of mountain bike coaching and she has natural instincts. I said to, I said to, to Christy, she's, she's got the natural feel for this and don't be surprised you know, if, she, if she wants to take it further. So we'll see. 
but yeah, it's, it's always great to encourage children to get on bikes and have fun. What advice would you give parents or grandparents when it comes to riding with your children and grandchildren? Is it just to keep it fun? Keep well, it fun. I, I'd say two things. One, keep it safe, right? So, you know, it always makes me nervous when I see children riding without helmets. And whenever Wendy and I see kids in the neighborhood, we're like, put your helmet on, keep it on, you know, put it on properly. But I think it's important for it to be fun. And if they really, you know, what it's like when, when the passion comes from within and they want to take it further, I think that's the way to channel it. If you try and force it or pressurize kids to do something they're not comfortable with, then you know, it often has the opposite effect on them. And it's interesting because you know, I'm, you know, Josh and I are a good com- combination there because I I love riding and I, I even if I wasn't any good at it, I'd still want to do it. And he, he's got more talent than I have, I think, but he he doesn't quite have the same amount of passion for it. And I'm just like he's got to he's got to figure that out for himself one day. I just keep reminding him he's he's got he's got a gift. You don't use your gifts, you know, then to some extent you, you're wasting a bit of your life. But it, I think it's got to come from within. Yep, no, definitely, definitely. Yeah, I mean, I've seen parents who kind of impose their desire of cycling or racing on their kids and the kids lose interest. But, yeah, it's got to be mm. your own passion. I mean, Mark and I probably wouldn't race if we weren't passionate about it either. We're not going to just mm-hmm. do it. You know, we must want to do it. One of my favorite stories I've, about Wendy and Mark is I, I knew them for a while and then, I heard that they were giving back and they were helping the Logic uh, Cycling Juniors team. And I just, I admire you guys because, you know, your just willingness to help and share the stoke for cycling is just so infectious. So tell me about that junior program and just your involvement and how much it means to help out the that next generation. Yeah, I'm going to, don't, I don't want to take the thunder for that one because Wendy yeah. was the one, she, she volunteered and she, she was, you know, kind of being coached and, and helped coach the, the, uh, the logic team. I didn't, I think they kind of helped me more than I helped them. Yeah, it was wonderful getting some training with logic with all the children. They were teenagers. teenagers yeah, whatever. It was, it was fun. So maybe I helped them, but I think they helped me more. So. <laughs> I learned a lot of, especially with cyclocross. I, I think you were like the cyclocross mom there for a while. Yeah, I was like that's, the granny by before. Well, yeah. I am really a granny, but but I was like, <laughs> you know, like the oldest by far. It was fun. It was really good. And, and I'd like to get involved with more of that. Yeah, like I say, I think they helped me more than the other way around. <laughs> and I learned a lot with Jamie and the with the cyclocross technique and training with those young people. Oh. But it was good. So, Alan, so yeah, Wendy's, that's what she's done. That's, she's got a thing with young people. And, you know, my, my contribution has been really more about enabling her to do that. But also, I'm, as you know, I'm involved with Queen City Wheels and I've been helping them put together, you know, a lot of events, taking care of the finances for the club. And so I'm kind of a little bit more behind the scenes. So when I'm not racing, that, that tends to be where I'm trying to make a difference. So you mentioned about growing up in Africa. What are the differences, in your opinion, of riding in South Africa or anywhere else in Africa and compared to riding in the States in Ohio? So, yeah, I think there's some environments, you know, certainly the difference between South Africa and Ohio is pretty different from a, a weather and a, a geography point of view. So uh, South Africa, everyone knows Ohio, I'm thinking most people who would watch this. And, but South Africa is, you know, it's it, the area we came from is pretty mountainous. You've got oceans and the climate quite warm and dry, you know, short winter temperatures never really got much below 50 degrees. So a lot of the the riding there is is geared around road, but it tends to be fairly elite when it comes to road, not as big as it is here. Mountain biking is huge there, you can imagine. So with the climate and the terrain, you know, I would say there are probably twice as many mountain bike races as there are road. 
they have a very, very famous mountain bike tour that's actually starting this week, the Epic Cycle Tour, which you may have heard of. And, and it's, it's a seven-day grueling. They do like 200 Ks, you know, 4,000 feet of climbing every day. And it's literally on rocks and rail tracks. And it's in a camp over every night. It's like, you know, it's like the most intense thing you can imagine. But that's kind of like the, the epitome of what cycling in, in South Africa is like. Obviously, Ohio, they have no cyclocross there, which is very disappointing. The climate just doesn't really lend itself. You know, and you've done cyclocross. I mean, you need, mm-hmm. you need, you need cool weather to do cyclocross. Otherwise, you just overheat. It's just too intense. And you've got to have, unfortunately, a little bit of mud every now and again, which is not, not that common in, in South Africa. And then when you can talk about the kind of the, I think, the more of the environment and, you know, the safety on the roads and, you know, safety of women being out on their own and that sort of thing because the environment there is is definitely different in that regard as well yeah i don't want to be like negative and make people scared about going to south africa but you definitely wouldn't want to uh, cycle alone or by yourself not just the safety aspect of of uh, vehicles traffic i mean the car the roads are very congested and but years ago that was possible i remember cycling on my own like right into the vineyards like roads and very quiet but things have changed so there's a possibility if you're on your own even as a man that you could be hijacked you you know your bike could be taken you'd be stopped and your bike taken from you so but in numbers it's not a problem and just Mm. knowing where to go when we back there we know where to 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 cycle and where not to cycle yeah that's right i mean south africa's you know it's, it's, it's a lot more challenged than the u.s in terms of you know the social economic aspects and so you've got a lot of people who are poor there and you know a lot of us are riding you know bicycles that you know can fetch a thousand two thousand three thousand dollars so that to them is a commodity you know the ride is just an obstacle to getting to it so <laughs> you have to be pretty careful yeah, and there, are, there have been some incidents there so i i, I think for, for Probably for men, it's a little bit safer, but I, I always say I, would, I wouldn't have Wendy riding out on country roads by herself there. It's just she, she, the freedom just isn't there for, um, for women and children, I think, to ride like that. In Ohio, you guys are part of a very, very big team. Well, big because Queen City Wheels does so much for events, so much for group rides, so much for just overall, I think, bike culture in Cincinnati. What's it like being on the team? Yeah, I'll, I'll go first on that. So, yeah, you know, we joined... Queen City a few years ago, back in 2017, I think it was. And um, yeah, yeah, I was 2017. And I, um, the main thing that drew us to them was they had a they had a really good, first of all, very transparent team. Had some really good benefits for their riders, right? So if you join Queen City, you know they they give you you know free kit for for joining them, and then you know providing you do a certain amount of volunteering and racing, you get a lot of your racing fees reimbursed, right? And it's very generous. They've got a very generous policy as far as that's concerned. I just kind of like the feeling of that, right? It was, there was real tangible benefits to ride for them. And so, that, so they made you feel very welcome, right? They kind of put their money where their mouth was. And mm-hmm. the other thing that we really liked about them, and in fact, this has increased in recent times, almost beyond kind of imagination is the, just the amount of involvement that they have in the community now. So, you know, they have the you know, we do the uh, the Old Park series, which is a, a crit training series on Wednesday nights down down in Cincinnati. We do uh, Whiskey City down in Lawrenceburg, which is another crit. We do Lebanon as, as well now. It's a new crit we added last year, which had it was very successful, and that's kind of midway between Dayton and and Cincy. We had a really good response to that. We do Harbin Park uh, cyclocross event. We do the Cleves Time Trials, which is like every Monday, like Tuesday night, of pretty much starting soon. So. 
if you look at just the proportion of events that Queen City are putting together, it's crazy. And you know, sometimes I, I speak to when I'm speaking to the board, I'm like, you guys, we, we're doing a bit too much and we're relying on the same number of volunteers, but we, we never seem to hold back. We seem to get it done, right? And you know, even during the COVID years when a lot of these events were not being held, we kind of pushed through and did whatever we could. So yeah, so I, I think that's the I think that's one of the missions of the team is to is to promote cycling in in the southern Ohio area and you know I think racing is almost a secondary part of it and we, we've actually decided to realize now we, we've kind of neglected that a little bit <laughs> we need to get some more people you know onto the team and racing for us because some of the other teams have been quite aggressive in recruiting people and so we're putting in some efforts this year to see if we can get you know, get the numbers up. I'll let Wendy talk. I mean, we, we're mainly men and we'd love more women in our team. We have a, we have a couple, you know, we have you know, four or five women who race. We'd love to have more of them. I keep saying to Wendy, we need to try and figure out what we need to do to get more women racing and ideally racing for us. So what, what do you think, Wendy? What do you think of that? I agree. We definitely need more women. I've, I've kind of got used to being that many women in our, in our team, but I'm not always sure how to encourage women to race because you know, a lot of women cycle and I, and, I, and I train with them, strong riders. On Tuesdays and Thursday evenings, there's a group that get together here in, in our area. And, and they could all race and do really well, but they don't want to race. So I'm not sure how to bait them. You know, and mm. I've told them they're fantastic riders and strong, but I think it's quite, I don't know. I don't know how to. This You've got to find a way to make it not interesting, but yeah, to get them. Yeah, I, I'd, say, I'd say one of the things, because I'm always fascinated, I don't know about you, Alan, I'm always amazed when that women want to ride bikes and race. You know, boys are boys, right? And they'll, they'll, they'll do whatever they need to do, and they don't mind losing skin, breaking a few bones. And I always think women are incredibly brave to enter a sport where, you know, there are these risks, right? And, and they are real. So I kind of think, you know, sometimes, you know, crit racing is pretty hectic, can be pretty dangerous. You slide out there, you're going to hurt yourself. Cyclocross a little bit less. Uh, but you can still you can still go down. But if you're getting all dirty and muddy, and you know, why would women want to do that? That's kind of feels like boys and monkey stuff, right? So it's amazing that they yeah. want to even ride a bike. So I think we've got to find events that are more appealing to them. And maybe it's not racing. Maybe it needs to be more kind of touring events, you know, social rides, right. um, where they where we can get them together and it can be safe, no pressure, and they get well taken care of. I think it's pretty empowering when women race. Does your team always concentrate on racing or is there also an aspect of group rides or or food uh, rides for food, rides to a brewery, things like that? Or, or are they just so concentrated on racing? Yeah, I think, Ellen, I think I think um, because Queen City draws, you know, it's, it's members from quite a wide area. We've got people in Kentucky, people in Cincinnati, people in Dayton. We've even had some people in Canada join us, believe it or not. They like the look of our kit. And they, so, you know, so I... So getting everyone together for these group rides is not always easy. So we tr what we try and do is, you know, we'll, we'll hook up and go to a lot of the other local kind of non-racing events around the place, like the Vandalia Freedom Ride and, um, you know, some of the, the touring events down in Cincinnati. So, yeah, and then try and ride together. Yeah, that We found that quite challenging. because We were a very busy team, like most of the team are involved in either racing and volunteering to host events, you know. So once we get into kind of April, from April through to like October, you know, we were either racing or organizing events pretty much every weekend, so you run out of time. I know from an introductory standpoint, it's it's intimidating to race, mm -hmm. especially crits. 
So I'm just wondering if you guys have that, you know, the, the laid back atmosphere also to make it more friendly when people are beginners or if you're just, are, is your team mainly getting people who also have raced before for other things or independent who are looking for, you know, more yeah. of a team atmosphere? I mean, our focus has been on, on racing, you can tell from the events, but I think we're realizing that, you know, if we want to grow membership and if we want to, you know, grow cycling in the communities and get more women and children involved, you know, I think we've got to find a softer way for them to participate i think there's a real challenge there I'd, I'd love to explore that well i mean also you've got you know one of the most i'd say probably one of the best successful junior cycling programs in the lion hearts in your area so i mean it's not like you guys want to steal mm -hmm. the, from the lion hearts to be on queen city wheels mm -hmm. but is there a support system with you guys helping with practices and stuff like that yeah so we've got a couple of our you know some of our team members and have got girls and, and or boys in the Lionheart series. So there is quite a long, quite a strong contribution and connection there. But I think, you know, as you say, I think it's a good point. I think we could leverage that even more effectively than we do. What gets you guys stoked on bicycles? Is it the racing or is it just the riding? Is it riding together? What gets you stoked right now on bicycles? No, no, it's difficult to put into words. I think I've always enjoyed cycling, even as a kid and even as a, an adult, just like when you climb down a hill, not that I go as fast as some of you guys do, but like it's a sense of freedom. You almost feel like you're flying, but you're on wheels. You know, it's just, it's just a wonderful, it's refreshing. It's lovely being outdoors. And, and then I always am surprised when I'm racing. I don't think I'm as competitive as Mark. And yet when I'm racing, sometimes this other person that I didn't, don't always think is there is I get competitive about uh, you know which which surprises me that I can be as competitive as I turn out to be in the race sometimes but but it's just it's just lovely riding it's just a wonderful thing I've always enjoyed being on a bicycle and I, I think there's just an incredible feeling of freedom and that's my happy place right you know when you're on the bike no one can really get to you unless there's some mean motorists out there but I I just love the freedom and the motion fresh air and then yeah, I've I've always been fairly competitive as a as a young guy, and I it's nice to be able to kind of carry that into my mature years and do some racing as well. And most most of the guys I race with, I think the cycling community is another very special group of people. You know, we're very diverse in terms of where we come from in our working and our family lives. But I don't know, they're just a really decent bunch of people. I've had very few bad encounters with cyclists, so we have that kind of common common association and even when we race it's hard and it's you know it's competitive but generally it's you know there's a respect there as well and so i love that we have that little bubble of community within the wider society i don't know what my life would be like without it quite honestly so do you have a favorite discipline right now or is it just you like to ride all the bikes i like criteriums i like crits it's quite close crits and also like cyclocross it's a close a toss-up between the two criteriums are more natural for me because i've always enjoyed sprinting whether it was you know track and field short distance and i think all of us mark even josh i don't know what we've got this little kick sometimes that we don't that be able to sprint quite well crits are great but as i'm getting older i am quite aware of the dangerous side to crits and how we all so close together and speeding around corners and I've got a little bit weary of that. And, and at the same time, you know, picking up cyclocross only a few years ago and, and doing that, I'm, I'm kind of think that's going to kind of be my favorite in the years to come, I think. So that's me. 
Yeah, it's funny. I, I don't know about you, Alan, what, what you feel, but I always kind of feel when I'm in crit season, I think, yeah, crit, crit's what it's all about. And then cyclocross comes along and I kind of feel, I actually, I really enjoy cyclocross. So uh, I think there's nothing quite like the rush of being in a crits and, you know, staying in the, staying in a pack and then setting yourself up for a bit of a sprint at the end. I think there's, there's just a kind of a build up to that that's quite hard to, quite hard to kind of compare with. But on the other hand, you know, cyclocross is a is a great workout, and it requires you know handling bike handling skills, ability to get on and off the bike. It's it's, it's very versatile and intense. And then, more recently, we've done been doing a little bit of mountain biking, joining up with the the Mad Cow guys and doing a bit of fat biking as well. And that's also has a kind of appeal to it. It's a lot more kind of rustic and laid back. But yeah, it's hard incredible. hard to say. I just think it's just amazing to me. That, and then of course, gravel is the new thing, right? Mm-hmm. And we're we're starting to do a bit of gravel as well. And we're like, okay, is this another kind of genre of cycling that we really want to get into? So I think it's just fantastic that there are so many options, right, to to get in that you can get into these days. And, and cycling has really taken on a lot of different shapes and forms, which mm-hmm. I think is, is fantastic for the sport. You mentioned Harbin Park Cyclocross, but we recently haven't had Harbin Park. What's the deal with that? Is it coming back? Or I heard something about Lebanon Cyclocross uh, last year. What's what's mm-hmm. what's the cyclocross plan with QCW right now? Yeah, so we, we, we were scheduled to have Harbin Park last year, and I think we ended up with a conflict uh, of dates with uh, some other racing and we may also have had a conflict with the um you know with the park with the park owners i'm i'm 99 sure that we're going to this year one of my favorite courses harvin park you can really you know mix it up so so watch out for that and then lebanon yeah where there was some talk about putting up a, a crit there as well we did some fat bike racing in the winter there and we're going to definitely do the crit i'm not sure that we'll have lebanon cyclocross this year because I, I remember being at the lebanon crit last year as an official and it, it was a blast it was really impressive for a first year event not that it had the draw well, I, gotta, I gotta tell you one of our biggest challenges this year is we, we don't have enough officials in ohio to here you better come back and oh i know i'm I, I know i i know i, I know rob westendorf our, you know he was our president last year and he he was saying that we're really running into issues there and suddenly there's a lot of racing on the calendar so we're gonna have to find some people to get involved I mean, is that something do you have members on QCW who don't race every weekend? Because that's officiating doesn't have to be every weekend. It could be picking it up when yeah. you're not. Yeah, no, that's a good point. We've, we've got a couple of guys who do, for example, who do our scoring and officiating at um, Old Park, you know, uh, count, counting the sprinters and all that kind of thing. So there, there are definitely a couple of guys there who've got the, the skills and the inclination. I, I think we may have to tap them. Well, that's the, but, you know, I think yeah. one of the other challenges we have is we, you know, we, we, we can't do it all, right? Queen City can't do it all. And it's, it's great true. to see some of the other teams getting involved again now that we're getting, you know, past the pandemic. But we, we really have to try and draw the wider cycling community into supporting and investing their time and their resources into, into these cycling events. Cause, you know, we can't, we can't have one team doing it all or two teams doing it all, right? We need to get more people involved. So that's, that's a huge challenge. Well, I, I hate to say it, but at some point, I hope you guys don't, you know, eventually get too exhausted from doing everything. But you've got other teams around Cincinnati that, you know, I think might do like one event or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. But obviously, I mean, it's if a big everybody, co- if every team that we had, because there's, there's got to be, you know, I don't know, seven or eight teams in, in various shapes and forms. Right? If everybody did one or two events every year, you know, we'd have a really cool calendar, right? So yeah, we're very keen. One of the things we've been talking about as as a board is at QCW is 
helping teams if you know that say hey we want to put on an event we, we just don't know how to do it uh we don't know how you manage it you know we don't know what it takes we, we're more than happy to help them you know because we've, we've done this a lot we have we have a kind of a framework for doing that and we can we can show them how it can work practically and financially as well when i first started volunteering before i came a, became a race director i learned it was really important to go and help at events mm-hmm. and i slowly would gain that trust and then i would mm-hmm. get you know more responsibility mm-hmm. and things. And that's what eventually led me to be a race director. So I mean, yeah. do you guys have like yeah, a, that's... like a little big brother, little brother program, I guess you could say of doing events. Not yet, not yet, but I, I think it's a great idea. We've always managed to have enough volunteers, even if it's looked sketchy, like we might not have enough. There's always, and I think some people race and then volunteer, we do that. And then, you know, and it always seems to have worked out, but it would be nice if more people volunteered. But we've always just had enough, I think. Yeah, yeah, and I think you know, I think I think the COVID kind of era also just just not. I mean, because you think about it, you know, in back in twenty nineteen, you know, the last time we had a normal year, the the cycling calendar was pretty full. You know, you had OBCX, you had Cap City, you had a whole bunch of crit races, a couple of road races. Gravel was starting to kind of arrive on the scene. And then, you know, COVID just kind of took us down altogether in 2020. And then we kind of came halfway back last year. And I just get the feeling now, every time I look on online, I'm seeing more events on Bike Ridge and, you know, getting set up now. And and suddenly we're realizing, gosh, if we don't have enough officials, you know, some of the overlaps, yeah, we just don't have enough officials to, to cover all these races. There's even, I don't know if you know this, Alan, there's even going to be a state championship gravel race in Athens. Wow, this year. that's interesting. Yeah. I think it's in the May. It's the same month. We same weekend as Lebanon Crit. So you can do a Crit in Lebanon on Saturday, and you can drive to Athens and do a gravel race, Ohio State Championships on the Sunday. Yeah. Well, that's pretty cool. Well, let's be honest. Is it? I don't think it'd be fun to host a state championship. I don't know how you guys feel about it, but I don't think it's the same feel as a regular race, right? It's a little too serious sometimes. Yeah, you've got a lot of categories you've got to you've got to cater for, right? You've got to have all, right. all the age groups catered for and you know, scored, and yeah, it's definitely a little bit. And I was kind of surprised that we would have a state championship in gravel so soon because I, I almost feel like the, the gravel sport is still I mean, kind of evolving. Is it USA? Somebody, somebody, somebody said to me, apparently, you need six officials for that race. Is it technically a yeah. U- is it USAC like state championships or is it just some I don't know like rogue state championship? Do you know yet? No, I think I think I think it it has to be USAC registered event. So I guess there there are some requirements, right? And because of the distance, I think it's a fifty mile race. So you have to have officials covering certain points along the way, right, to make sure that everybody's riding the well, course correctly. Yeah. Well, technically, if it's a road, if it's a gravel race of that distance, I would think more it would be more of like a regular long road race where you'd have a lead out, a follow, and that's a lot of officials. Yeah, you need some at the start, some at the finish, and you need people monitoring what's going on during the race. Yeah. Who's putting that race on, Mark? Who's... I'm not sure, but oh. the, the it's on Bike Ridge if anybody wants to see it. I, I think it might be the Athens Cycling Club. They used to do Lake Hope. Remember that oh, road right. race? I, I think it's them. Yeah. Okay. A good bunch of guys, and you know, mm. kudos to them for putting it on. But it's a challenge. I mean, road, road and gravel, you know, once you start officiating, those are definitely the more demanding events to host from both from a volunteer and an officiating point of view cyclocross and crits are obviously the easiest because you're, right. everything's happening in a pretty mm-hmm. contained area 
So I think we need you back here, Alan, or you gotta you gotta prod some people who you think might have. Hey, like like I like I said, I will be back for Carter Park. It is on the schedule already. It's already got township pre approval. We are hoping we're we're contemplating right now whether or not we want a food truck. I'm pairing up with Matt Steerwalt just so he can have some cyclocross if he has the time. But he we're going back and forth on having a food truck, man. I think it's important. Well, you you did a great job of that last year. I, I loved it. I raced it. I raced with the with the Masters, and I had a great time there. Just, I love Carter Park. It's a fantastic venue. Well, Alan, you're growing your beard, so you know it should be fully grown by the time you come and officiate at Lebanon. <laughs> if I if I yeah, can I if I, back there, if okay. I can make it back, I'm working six days a week at the post office right now, so it's a little hard. Oh. Yeah, of course, oh, well. my, my biggest fear is every time I grow a beard, my team manager, Justin Kellemeyer, thinks I'm trying to grow it as you know long as his, and that's, <laughs> that's not the goal at all. Uh, I haven't seen Justin for months. I can't wait to see him out on a OC ride yeah. sometime soon. I hope his business is going well. I, 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 think the, I think the cycling industry is still in crisis, right? I think the supply chain is just terrible, um, right? Just to see how his inventory is going, because I'm, I'm still getting the feeling that it's pretty tough to get to get stuff right but good for him i admire you guys a lot i think very highly of you also because one of my favorite people when it comes to bicycles absolutely admi admires you and that's kyle mccord oh, oh yeah uh, we we love kyle oh, and his um, mom and oh they're such lovely got a great family my, my biggest regret is that I, I i couldn't get him to join Q qcw <laughs> but we don't have we don't have a lot of youth riding yeah. for us but he's he's a great kid he's got a lot of potential and he's, he's just very, very well-balanced, well-mannered young man. He's a great kid, and I think he's my favorite junior because he's not afraid to volunteer. And it feels like a lot of a lot of them don't volunteer unless it's a Lionhearts event, usually. Yeah, yeah he's got a great attitude. I, Kyle always, you know, always finds us, always says hello, shakes hand, and, and he's a great, honest competitor. So I'm, I'm, I'm always looking out for him. And we've seen him a lot because we've been cycling with the, well, not a lot, but with the Mad Cow guys. Oh, they're such a great group of people. And mm -hmm. we've seen Kyle there. So he pops up there a lot and he's dead. And so that's really nice. Okay. Well. So speaking of that, do you have a fat bike or are you getting a fat bike or are you just, no. what's the deal? <laughs> yeah, I have one. I have a giant Yukon. And so what I, what I bought it this uh, last year, end of the summer, managed to find one. And I'm, the justification was every, I'd ridden every day through the prior winter. And so I thought, okay, if I'm going to ride outside every day, I should have a fat bike so I can be a bit safer. But it's, it's such a lot of fun. They're heavy as lead. Uh, so I had to change quite a few components out just to lighten it up a bit. And uh, I love it. They even rode it today, actually, just to, you know, it was just a bit of rain around here. And it's just so much fun throwing them around. Have you got one yet? Uh, no, I am currently talking with a, I'm talking with a guy out of England with CMG Bicycles about possibly making a custom steel. Mm. Wendy, yeah. are are you thinking about a fat bike or? Well, at, all? at the moment, I'm very happy on my mountain bike. I uh, yeah, I you know when we do these mad car fat bike races, there are quite a few mountain bike people there on their mountain bike. So I'll stick with that for now, mm -hmm. and let's see. I don't know. Yeah, I did a nice <laughs> conversion. I did a nice conversion for her on a on her mountain bike. Uh, it's a hardtail, and I I put twenty yeah. uh, twenty seven point five inch wheels and some nice tires on that and it's it's a great ride for her I, I just think you know she's probably not she's when he doesn't like to ride in in sub-zero temperatures i mean mm. I'll, I'll i'll go out in the 20s you know if i can if i you know for 10 miles or so in the fat bike house she doesn't really want to ride below 40 degrees so 
wimp. I'm no, you're not a wimp. You're, you're sensible. <laughs> I'm, I'm crazy. I'm, I'm learning valuable lessons about riding in cold weather, and we won't, we won't talk about that now. But there's yeah, let's there's tell a lot. Of, there's a lot to learn. <laughs> well, my main reason for looking at a fat bike right now is I have so much winter in New York. We usually have mm -hmm. an 186 inches of per winter. And wow. I wasn't a fan of being stuck inside the trainer for three and a half months. Well, you will love it. I don't know if you've ridden that bike or ridden in the snow. Have you, Alan? You know, that, that just that feeling. It's everything is so hushed and it's just you. you. Just All you can hear is yourself breathing and the kind of group set. You know, it's, it's just it's awesome. And, it. and a couple of weeks ago, I was at a fat bike race we have in the south of my uh, county. And actually, that's mm. the next episode coming out this current Wednesday is I was at a fat bike race and I was talking to the race directors about their event they do. I got to tell you though, one thing that we, um, we did end up doing this. I never thought I'd do it, but we did start doing some, some indoor training. We got ourselves a smart trainer and we signed up for uh, Zwift and Ruby. And I've got to tell you, yeah, it's, it's, it surprised me how engaging that is. And you, you can, you know, on, on Zwift, you can actually do racing, you know, category racing. So if you want a little bit of a competitive burst, you know, every couple of nights, you can go in there and, you know, sign up just about every hour. There's a race and there's at least, you know, 30, 40 people. And so, yeah, it's just, it's more than I imagined that it would be. And it's a nice supplement, right, for those days when you just can't get out. But I'm, I'm like you. I mean, if I, if I can ride the bike outside, I'm, I'm going. This is, this is great stuff. I, don't know, yeah, I, I, lo I love what you're doing with these podcasts and maybe, you know, let us know how it, how it goes. Well, of course. The, the other big yeah. thing is I, at some point, want to have guests on that I really enjoyed having on. So maybe I'll invite mm -hmm. Mark, maybe I'll invite Wendy, maybe I'll invite both of you guys to come back at some point and have bigger group discussions. Like, I don't know if you paid attention to the last episode I put up, but we had Scott mm -hmm. Herman come in and it absolutely mm -hmm. shook up the entire dynamic of the entire episode. So I want to yeah, have I saw that. bigger episodes of maybe four or five people, especially if I'm doing video chat, I can easily accommodate it. And I think yeah. it's interesting to have group discussion because it's not awkward or one-on-one -on -one where, you know, someone feels like they have to say everything. If I can have you pause for a little bit while someone else is talking, it makes your response usually a lot better, which is yeah. what I like about this a lot. It's a great idea. And also well, there's, there's, so. there's natural banter between you guys. Like, obviously I'm not going to get the natural banter between you two by just interviewing one of you. Yeah, my wife will tell you what a, what a hard case I am. And, you know, she'd probably tell yeah. you quite honestly and talk about marriage and cycling. <laughs> I think Wendy knows that if I couldn't ride my bike, oh. I would I would be impossible to live with. Yeah. It's, that is that is my therapy, right? I just I will that's where I go. Well, that's where I will I go. say, and I think I've said this to you before, Mark. My favorite race I did in 2019 was Major Taylor Day Two because I hung out with you for ha almost a full lap until I crashed out on icy conditions. But just hanging out with you for the first full lap yeah. was a blast. I remember that. Those it was conditions fun. were shocking until I realized I, I until I wanted to part pass Mark and it was icy on the sides and I completely slid out. <laughs> I think I went I went down three times. I did Major Taylor again last year. I can't remember. It was, I went day two. I went day okay. two, and we were knee deep in mud. I, we were literally going down to our knees. The mud was so thick down in the marshy area there. Oh my gosh! And then the that inner circle on the you saw right where the track is. Or that inner, yes. it was just like caked mud. Mm -hmm. It was hardly an area that you could you could ride. I think Major Taylor. It's kind of seven out of ten times I've ridden there. It's it's been like that. When it's dry, it's I love it there. <laughs> I don't I don't love the mud. You need to go day one then when it's not so muddy and it's just starting to develop. That's your problem. You're going, yeah, you're going on the, that, you're going on the mud day. Day one was even worse. I think they had, it was wet. At least it wasn't raining on day two. 
But you know, I had to go because I, I had a, I had my first opportunity to get into onto the podium in the the men's forty plus series, Alan. And believe it or not, I I clinched it. I got onto third place at the last race at John Bryan, and I had to beat Maycheck. You know Maycheck from Queen City. I do. I had to catch Maycheck on the last lap in a sprint to the line to get the one point one extra point that I needed. It was so terrible. I had to beat my teammate to do it. <laughs> But he'd already finished second, I think, in the series. So we ended up second and third in a QCW in the, in the 40 plus. So that was my, my kind of dream fulfilled. So one of the reasons I, you saw me at Major Taylor that last year was I had to, um, I had to get the points, right? I, was, I, I didn't get to do all the races, so I had to go and do that one. I'm glad I did in the end because it got, got me just enough points to get there. So, but yeah, I loved it. I can remember that race because when when we were slipping and sliding there, I heard your voice and it kind of, you know, sometimes you can be in a race like that and it's like you feel very kind of isolated and it's oh, yeah. not much fun. And then suddenly you realize someone that you know and like is near you and it's kind of comforting in a way. Right? Those are those are my favorite races. When I've had races before, I've worked entire races with people that I'm very close with. And those are the best ones because I remember I worked with a I worked with a friend at Red Kite I think in 2018 and we just made a deal that we weren't going to race each other until the barriers before the finish and we picked mm-hmm. off like we caught like 13 people because of it because we were just working together I would I would I would lead out in my strong areas he would lead out in his strong areas and it was so much fun and it didn't feel like we were racing it felt like a really great group ride well I love that you're still cycling there and you're near your family and you're doing these these podcasts. It's really, really cool. You're doing a good job there. Yeah, I, 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 think, I think there's really important stories to tell. I want to share the stories that I think are really interesting that people should know about, including yours. I mean, you guys are some of the nicest people I remember in the Ohio Valley. So, of course, I want to have you on. Yeah, well, we feel the same way about you. I was very really sad when I heard you were going. Yeah. I don't know. I will say one thing because I didn't. I didn't mention too much detail, but one of the, I've, I have been through um, an, uh, quite a bad injury lately, and just about recovered from it. So I'm almost back to full speed. But I never been through that before, and I'm sure there are other guys and girls out there who've had bike injuries and come back from them. Oh. That's a that's a real cool topic. If you wanted to explore that and get get a few people together who've been through it, right? There are more people who've had that than you realize, and you know you know what you know what it's like, right? There's the psychological, the emotional, oh, totally. the physical. I mean, it's it's a total experience that you you can't even really imagine until it happens to you. Well, yeah, well, that's another too, yeah. that's another topic yeah. possibly for the future, yeah. and I'd I'd love to listen to that or contribute to it, whatever whatever you. Oh, I'll definitely think about that. Thank you. Yeah, hopefully down the road, I'll keep you posted on that. Well, thanks, Alan. And Alan, the first time I realized who you were, or I didn't know, it was a cyclocross race, and you were saying, "Come on, Wendy." I don't know who you were. You're always encouraging the old lady, one of the older ladies. <laughs> and thanks for that. Because, oh, of course. Um, yeah, it's nice to get encouragement from anyone. That's, it was nice. I remember that's when I first kind of met you, when you were yelling for me, <laughs> "Go on, Wendy." <laughs> well, thank anyway, you. So yeah. Thank you very much for coming on, guys. Any last words? Keep cycling. Mark, Mark can do the wise yeah. words. <laughs> no, look, you're a, you're a, you're a, you're a genuine, genuine guy. And we, we, we really like you as a, as a person. That's, that's my parting shot to you, Alan. And yeah. I, I hope that life is good and happy and fulfilling where you are. We, we can't wait to see you again. Excellent. That's well, good thanks, news. Thanks, Alan. Well, thanks for coming on, guys. I really appreciate yeah. it. Thank you for joining us on this episode of the Stoked on Spokes podcast. If you enjoyed it, please like, subscribe, rate us, and tell your friends about it. Check out our Patreon page for additional bonus content. And 
follow our Instagram and Facebook to stay up to date on all the things we are working on. Until next time, just keep rolling.